What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 41 of the Fear Being Average podcast, health, fitness, and performance series. Today, we take a look at the topic of why you need to program your workouts and the benefits of programming your workouts. This is a staple in the strength community in terms of basically guaranteeing results, having your body adapt to the workouts that you're doing, and to stay consistent with working out. So we're going to dive into all of that, how it works, why it works, the importance of following a workout plan, of course, and just kind of anything that makes sense or allows you to get greater education behind how a workout structure and plan and program can actually help assist you in creating more longevity in the space, get you faster and better results and sustainable results, and really why it's just so dang good to follow a plan a plan that works and a smart plan, not just a plan, but a real plan with real structure, with real rhyme and reason to it. So enjoy today's episode. Like always, subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Be sure to rate the podcast, give it a like, and share the podcast if you found some of the stuff you learned today, which you will, useful. That way other people can get that same education and insight. Enjoy today's episode. Okay, so why should we follow a workout plan? What is the importance of it? Why is it so invaluable? We're going to go into it. We're going to get into it within this episode. we got a whole bunch to talk about. So, yeah, off the bat, I think anytime we have structure in our lives, whether it be professional structure, personal structure, um, structure within our eating, our preparation, our workouts – it gives us something to dig our teeth into, right? It creates this confidence and certainty and gives us a little bit more direction and motivation. It is basically a blueprint. You know, anytime we have a blueprint towards success, how how more likely are we to st- stick to that blueprint? Probably a lot more. And I think, you know, probably is being a little bit generous. I think, you know, there's a massive degree of consistency when we have a blueprint in front of us that basically guarantees our success if we just happen to follow the blueprint, right? Um, Now, there's a lot of variables, obviously, because I think there's blueprints for everything in the world. There's blueprints on how to be financially free, how to have a successful marriage, um, how to be a good parent, how to communicate better, how to lose weight, how to build muscle, It's all out there, but obviously there's some indirect or direct variable that gets in the way of us achieving our goals, right? Most of the time, you know, obviously there's there's certain degrees and certain individuals that create a lot of prosperity and success in certain realms of their life, Um, and obviously obviously they've been able to follow a blueprint of some sort, right? Whether it's from experience or you know learning from others and mentors and you know those around them, or, or you know external resources of education. So it's really important that when we're talking about working out, we're talking about staying consistent and creating longevity in this space. And that's the biggest thing. I think you know, initially talking about this subject matter, we need to focus on longevity. And if you're not interested in creating lifelong engagement in the fitness and wellness space, 
then yeah, you, you probably don't need to follow a workout program, right? You probably, you know, can just show up and do your thing. And, you know, if you stick, you stick. And if you're there for two months, fantastic. And if you're off for two months, you know, that, that's your own life. Like that's not for me to decide for you or to tell you otherwise, right? Do I know the value of being consistent in the gym and always prioritizing your health and wellness? Absolutely. It's something I'm never not going to know. It's something I'm never, uh, I'm never not going to educate people on. Whether you listen to it or want to engage with me, that's, you know, that's your call, right? Um, you have the freedom to choose to do that, right? That's your right. So, but if you're choosing to listen to this podcast and you're like, you know what? I kind of want to get educated. I want to get a little bit more understanding of the importance of it. Well, here, here we are. So when I talk about workout program and talk about structure this way, I talk about let's create longevity. Let's create somebody who is consistent over the long haul, not someone who's looking for a 30-day transformation or trying to get ripped right before they have a vacation or they're getting ready for a wedding. All those things can be external motivators and they can make you a little bit more consistent. They can increase your motivation, but I want people to live healthier. I want people to live in this space where they take care of their body month after month, year after year. They feel stronger. They are are fitter. They're more resilient. They're more capable. They have better posture. They have better body composition. Uh, We're not obese and overweight. We feel empowered. That's the mission that I'm on, right? Um, Obviously, I take on these projects and you know, I build a stronger, fitter, more resilient self. Um, every time I do one of these projects, it's obviously through the training process and then the actual completion or the engagement of the project in itself. And I take that, I take these experiences and I go back and I try to educate people on and inspire people um, on why it's so important and so empowering and so uplifting and fulfilling take care of your body in this manner. You're going to feel so much better. You're going to feel engaged. You're going to feel purposeful. You're going to feel healthy. You're going to feel energetic and enthused and vital. You're going to have greater quality connections with people. I know it sounds like it's a far-fetched reach, but it isn't. When you're more confident in who you are um, and what you want to do and you've created more freedom because of that, you're less stressed and you're less anxious and you're more willing to you know, engage with people because you have this free flowing spirit of, you know, I feel good about myself and I want to engage with other people that feel good about themselves. I want us all to keep that motivation going back and forth. You know, you're obviously going to improve your quality of life across the board. I've met depressed people and anxious people and people with low energy and they're exhausted and they don't necessarily root for other people or they don't necessarily want to connect with people because it is so exhausting it is such a a burden on them and i've seen other people that are you know highly engaged in what they're doing they feel good about themselves you know they want to be a part of a community and a network and be part of society because they feel good about themselves and they don't feel insecure or, or or less than and obviously People that are in good shape, they can still feel insecure as well, but there's less opportunity to feel insecure when you're doing something that is empowering, doing something that allows you to challenge yourself and focus on personal growth. And I think that's one of the undervalued aspects of training your body on a consistent basis is the idea of personal integrity and this journey of self-growth. There is no other 
thing that you can kind of engage in where you're constantly challenged. Anytime I go to the gym, I am challenged. I'm challenged to get those reps up. I'm challenged to go a little bit faster. I'm challenged to move that weight. I'm challenged to show up and get the workout in. And most of the time, I win that battle. I feel like I've accomplished something. I've achieved something greater than what's just in front of me, right? I've gone out. I've looked for an external source of stress and stimuli um, and challenge, and I've attacked it head on. And it's very empowering, and it promotes this ecosystem of self-growth where I want to enhance my life in terms of what I eat and what I consume and how I educate myself. And I want to constantly engage in pursuits that are fulfilling just like accomplishing a really tough workout or an empowering workout where I see the needle being moved forward. So it's one of those things that we undervalue the consequences of taking our taking care of our body and, and a positive consequence, right? Um, in terms of a transferable consequence of how personal growth inside the gym will lead to external and internal growth outside of the gym. So it's really important that we find tools and practices that allow us to be more consistent in this space. And what I found is following a workout program and following a structured training plan is one of the easiest ways for people to stay consistent. Why? Because there's a consistent challenge. There's this written, laid out blueprint that is allowing people to pursue something with greater confidence, right? It eliminates the uncertainty. It eliminates the need to, you know, find that knowledge for yourself. Um, look through what's good, what's bad, what's bullshit, what's credible, and it actually allows us to achieve real, genuine results. And that's empowering. I don't expect anybody to stay consistent on a journey if they're not seeing progress. That's like basically telling someone to climb a mountain and the mountain just never really ends, right? Sooner or later, you're going to say, I just can't keep doing this, right? Like my goal is the top of the mountain. And I'm not saying there's a, there's necessarily a peak of, of fitness, but there's this understanding of like, well, we have these micro goals and the micro goals are motivating to take on even bigger goals and bigger mountains. But if you can ever even get past the first mountain and see any sort of genuine growth and transformation um, that's sustainable and it actually lasts, it's tough to ask someone to keep investing time, energy, and money into that pursuit, right? And I've seen it. I've seen people that just aren't getting results. And that's why I've, I've created this more holistic approach to fitness where, yeah, working out for your body and strength training is so important, right? You're going to get a lot of the benefits of, of improved grip strength, bone density, you're going to increase your metabolism, you're going to feel stronger, um, you're going to build more lean muscle tissue, you're going to have a more supportive, strong network around your joints and ligaments, you're going to improve your posture, all wonderful things. But if we're not taking care of the sleep and the stress and the nutrition, the results may be a little less obvious, right? And so I've really, you know, tried to hone in on that with people. Be like, hey, I want you to get results. Even though I know you're getting results internally, sometimes the external results, you know, are the things that really keep us going. So depending on what kind of person you are, you know, that's going to de- depend and it's going to matter. So I understand a result-driven program is incredibly 
important. And seeing your ROI on working out is of utmost importance. So that's why you know when we structure a workout plan, we and we follow a workout plan, we're gonna see a greater likelihood of return on investment. So how do we go about this? Why is it so important? Why do we need to follow a structured workout plan? We'll get into this. Um, so I just came from the gym and I had a kid come up to me. He saw me working out and he was asking me a couple of questions while we were while I was working out, um, just about you know workout programming and you know how many days should he lift and how long have I been doing it and you gotta teach me how to lift those heavy weights. And I kind of just shot it to him straight and told him you know I've been working out since I was fifteen. Um, it's just about being consistent and I gave him the whole spiel right. Um, in the parking lot afterwards, he comes up to me and he asked me. He goes, hey man, I'm looking to you know gain a little weight and he's a tall lanky kid, so um, you know he has a uh, a lot of uh, lot of room to grow that way, right? And he asked me, you know, what do I suggest he do to gain a little bit of weight, put on some lean muscle tissue? And we got into it, um, and obviously, outside the obvious, eat more calories. You know, if you want to gain weight uh, and you want to put on more muscle, you got to eat more food. You got to, you know, have those building blocks, you know, supporting your workouts, and you know, responding well to the signal you're sending in the gym. We also talked about obviously his workout program. I wanted to kind of hear what he was doing currently. Um, see kind of what phase he was in, that kind of stuff. Now, most people, they don't know what phases are. They don't know what, you know, a mesocycle is or a macrocycle or a microcycle. Um, just so we can clarify, a mesocycle is kind of like the big picture stuff. If you want to think about an athlete, um, I train an athlete. Um, I train Siri City. He's a MMA fighter, top 10 in Canada now, which is pretty cool. He just got ranked um, as a top 10 Canadian fighter to look out for. So I think big things are coming for him, no doubt. Just won the world title um, at BFL, and he retained it his last fight, but he's doing great things. So for him, I have a mesocycle for him, right? Um, it's a year-long plan, or at least it's like a four- or five-month plan before his next fight, and I try to look at his training as a whole, and I go, how can we progress month to month? How can we get him to peak just in time? How do we you know, put on a little bit of muscle on? How do we get him stronger? Um, how do we increase his performance and power as we get closer co- competition? And how do we really make sure – He's at his top level strength um, and conditioning just before he fights. Outside of fighting and being an athlete, but I'm just giving you an example of a mesocycle. We, we would have a mesocycle for everyday life, right? Uh, for, or for the everyday training. So over the course of a year, you could look at a mesocycle as a 12-month period, right? So how are we going to structure our training within that large mesocycle? And then you have macro cycles, which are a little bit shorter, but still a decent amount of time. And I look at macro cycles as blocks of training. So traditionally, really easy to follow. Um, Tudor Bomba, he wrote the book, um, you know, Periodization. He talks a lot about periodization. And he talks about how you would kind of lay out a year-long training program, um, especially for athletes. So he would have a period where you have more of a, a starting point where you're kind of building your foundation. And then we kind of move into a bit of a hypertrophy phase where you build a little bit more muscle tissue. Uh, and then you move into a strength phase. And then we kind of transition into a strength and power phase. And then we obviously kind of hit that peak. And then we kind of what's the word for it, um, taper, that's the word, um, right before competition, right? And you kind of reduce the volume and then you kind of start it all over again. So for him, he has about four phases within a year, four macro cycles. And then you have these micro cycles, which are the small weeks in between, right? Those are, they can last anywhere from, you know, two to three to four weeks 
with within those phases. So you kind of have these mini phases within a bigger phase, and that big phase is within a, in a massive phase, which is the mesocycle. So without complicating things, basically think of it, there's just a, this little structure of four to five blocks within a year. Within those four to five blocks, you have a few um, you know, smaller blocks, and then you have the really tiny blocks, which take up you know, two to three weeks to four weeks. So I kind of asked him what he was training for, what his training currently looks like. Um, and again, I asked him how long he was doing it, and he told me he was kind of playing around uh, the six to eight rep range and then eight to 10 for some accessory and secondary movements. And I asked him how long he's been in that phase, how long he has been training like that, has it been a consistent thing? And he told me he was usually on for about two months, then he would kind of fall off, and then he would come back onto it. Um, I asked him, well, have you ever gone outside of that rep range? And he goes, no, I just kind of play around with the eight to 10 and the six to eights. So obviously the reason that he's not seeing a lot of development, um, for one, while the inconsistencies for two months is a, is a big player in that, but he keeps hanging around the same rep scheme. He keeps doing the same thing over and over and over. Now, for a while, that's going to work anywhere between four to eight weeks. If you hang around a certain rep scheme and your training program and exercise selection is on point and, and your mechanics are good, you're going to see growth and you're going to see development and you're going to progress. But there comes a certain point where the body hits a plateau and a plateau is basically a big halt where progress stops, right? You, you stop seeing uh, the growth, whether it be, you know, speed performance, jumping performance, strength gains, muscle gains, fat loss, that kind of stuff. Basically, any pr new program you do, because it's novel, because it's a new stimulus, a new stress to the body, um, it's a shock to the system. So the body's going to adapt most likely in a favorable manner if done correctly. Now, after a four to six week period, the body gets really good at what it's being told to do, right? That's why you see blue collar workers um, whether it be construction workers, someone in coal mining, um, farmers, anything that is really manual labor stuff, their body is like messed up the first week or two, right? Because it's so new. It's a lot of volume. It, they're lifting things. Their body just feels tight and, and weak and, and just beat up. But after you know weeks and weeks and months and months and years and years, they get basically immune to that, right? Their body gets really good at the technique and, and the load, and they don't feel sore anymore, obviously, right? Their body adapted. That's what happens with working out, right? When you do the same thing or the same style of workout for too long, your body adapts. And the same thing is you don't want to be somebody who just jumps from new thing to new thing because your body has a learning curve and needs to get good at something. So both ends of the spectrum are not good. If you're flip-flopping your routine every day and every week where it's something new and you can't get good at exercises, you're not going to see very good results. And on the contrary, if you're sticking in a certain phase or style of workout for too long, same thing's going to happen. You're going to see decent results for four to six weeks, and then you're going to hit this massive plateau where nothing really happens until you decide to change it up or you go into a massive calorie restriction um, or something of that nature where you feel like the workout's doing the job, but really it's the thousand calories less that you're eating that's doing the job. So we got to keep that in mind. So I told him, you know, just kind of move into a lower rep range. Has he ever played around with fives or threes uh, in terms of rep schemes? He said no, and he's looking to get bigger and stronger and eat more calories. So it's kind of a perfect routine for him. And we went, went over it and I kind of told him to stick there for four to six weeks. And, you know, when it stops working, you know, in that time frame, then it's time to, to move away from it, basically do the opposite of what you're doing right now. 
and your body will respond because this is a new stimulus, right? There's going to be a new focus of stamina or endurance or muscle hypertrophy uh, or strength, or you're going to become, you know, more performance oriented and become more mobile and and strong in different planes of motion. So that's what we need to do. So anytime you do something new, expect to see decent results. That's why you see classes that do really well initially. You know, someone comes off the couch, they start doing classes, and they're like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. Well, okay, is it the best thing ever, or is it just something new, right? And you might have a lot of fun with it, it might be engaging, uh, might have a great community, whatever the case is, and it, and it probably works because it's new, it's resistance training, or it's cardio, like it's meant to work until it stops working. The same thing goes for a good quality program. I might have the best program ever to put on muscle, but I can only do that for so long. I love training in the five by fives. It's probably a perfect balance of strength with muscle building, right? And then you get to do some accessory movements. You can target some legging muscles and add a little bit of volume there. So it's a great plan. However, if you're there for four or five, six months, well, it's not going to do you all that good in those later months. You're going to want to change it up because your body's going to get really good at it. So you doing the same workout month after month or year after year, well, it's great you're exercising, it's great you're moving, but it's really not going to get you a lot of results. And because results are such an important part of you staying consistent in the gym, we need to get good at switching things up or we need to at least give a, a lot of attention to switching things up and understanding the importance of it. Don't believe me? Take a look at the Hadza tribe. They are a modern hunter-gatherer tribe. So they still go out and they catch their prey. They catch their food. Why do these individuals who are probably accumulating twenty to 30,000 steps per day, so they're doing a lot of movement, a lot of running, why do they have the same basal metabolic rate, meaning that they burn the same amount of calories as the average American? right? They're moving way more, right? You would think that they would have a much faster metabolism. They'd be in better shape, all that stuff. Yes, they're in better shape, but the reason that they only burn so many calories is that their bodies got used to the demand, right? They've had to become very efficient with calorie expenditure. They can't afford to burn 4,000 or 6,000 calories a day because they're not consuming that much. So their body gets really good. It slows down their metabolism, so there's a perfect example. I'm sure initially, the first couple times they went out and they had those 30,000 step days and they were running and chasing their prey, and that could be underestimating. It could be even more steps than that. They probably had a massive calorie expenditure, right? But more and more that they do it, their body gets really good because guess what? It's going to pare down muscle. It's going to make you more efficient for the thing you're trying to do. So if you're always doing the same thing over and over and over, the body says, hey, we got you, man. You know, note to self, we're going to become way more efficient at what you're doing because this is what you do, and we're going to get good at it. So we're going to pare things down, and we're not going to see much adaptation. We're just going to get you really good at what you're doing, which makes sense. Take me, for example. In the summer, if you don't know my story, I did Canada's greatest. What was it called now? Look at that, man. Look, I'm coming up with blanks on this one. World's greatest strength challenge or something of that nature. And what I did was 10 half Ironmans. Name's not important. 10 half Ironmans in 10 days across six provinces in 10 different cities. On top of that, I also lifted 50,000 pounds at one and a half times my body weight. I'm 170 pounds at the time, so 255 pounds. 
after each half Ironman every single day. Again, 10 half Ironmans in 10 days, six provinces, 10 separate cities, plus 50,000 pounds at one and a half times my body weight after each half Ironman. Each day I was exercising and training upwards of eight to 10 hours and then doing it again the next day for 10 straight days. And yes, we accomplished it. Now, what I expected to happen was the first couple days was going to be pretty challenging. The body was going to go, whoa, man, we're doing a lot of work here. And I had to obviously supply the body with a ton of nutrients and supplementation to keep it going. And again, naturally, I'm going to burn a lot of calories early on. But guess what? As my body went on day four, day six, day eight, I became way more efficient with my calories. I was clocking in 169 to 170 pounds at the start of the day. And I was finishing the day at 169 to 170 pounds. So tell me how I did half Ironman plus I did all that lifting. And yes, I was consuming a lot of calories, but I wasn't burning a lot of calories during my event anymore because my body adapted. It got really good at it. So as much as all that exercise is amazing and would get me shredded and ripped and give me incredible shape, if I were to do that for 30 days, 10 days, 60 days, a year, I would eventually stop seeing a massive return on my investment because my body's going to get used to it. It's going to get really good at what I'm supplying it. Now, if I were to switch right out of that and go into a completely different style of training, then my body would go, whoa, this is new, and you're going to have to get really good at it. The body's never going to get more stronger or put on more muscle mass because that's expensive energy. Now we have to increase our metabolism at that, that point. We're never going to do that by accident. You need to send the body the signal to do that. How you do that, you have a new stimulus, a new stress. So that's why we need to switch up our phasing and switch up our programming. We can't afford to get stuck in something that worked for four to six weeks. Anything new will work for four to six to eight weeks, especially if we're manipulating our calories and we're eating differently and we're improving our sleep quality and we're improving our stress management, of course. But we need to have the understanding and the forethought, right, to, to know that we need to be proactive. We need to be ahead of the curve. We need to change things up before we hit this massive plateau. If you don't believe me again, I've given you a lot of resources already. Look at the average person in a class doing the same thing over and over. I don't want to attack classes. I don't want to attack any form of exercise or cardio, for example. People that run... I've, had, I've done it. I've seen it. I've, I've been a fitness advisor for years. I was a consultant at a gym uh, over, over COVID or just before COVID and a little bit after and kind of in between. And I remember one gentleman, he was running, coming to the gym six days a week. Work ethic was definitely there. He was showing up. He was running 40 to 60 minutes every time. Okay. Came to me. I don't know why I'm not losing weight. I don't know why. I've gained weight. I've gained fat, Brandon. The guy's moving four to six miles six days a week he's gaining fat he is looking worse he's gaining weight it's like well the body got got really good at it you know you've you've kept sending the same signal if that gentleman stopped doing all that work and moved it into three days of really good strength training with a couple days of conditioning like sleds or anaerobic conditioning work or a little bit of you know interval work or even just adding some rest days in there 
he would have a much favorable adaptation. So the body gets really good at it. And that's why you see people that do cardio. I see runners all the time. The elite runners, they look great. They look ripped. They have a ton of volume. You know, they're moving at a fast pace. They're elite level athletes. Your everyday runner, for the most part, they don't look all that impressive, to be honest with you. You know, look a little flabby, don't look very strong. They're weak, they're fragile. They get injured a lot, right? Because they don't have good, you know, a good supportive network around their joints and ligaments. They don't have good, you know, really stability or mobility or strength, that kind of stuff. And they don't look that look that good. For all the movement they're doing, they probably have good heart health. They probably have some decent health markers, but they don't look that good in terms of an aesthetic standpoint or they're not very strong. So what we want to do, and this happens with classes too, because classes, you know, they're classes. You go to a new studio and they they have a specific workout. Orange Theory has a workout. F45 has a workout. Berries has a workout. Um, whatever other, you know, Equinox. I don't know. There's a lot of different gyms out there that have staple spin co. You spin. Okay, makes sense. Great. You might love it. Fantastic. However, if you do it all the time, the same thing. Well, you're not going to see very good results. You're going to have fun. It's going to be exercise. It's going to be good for you. You know, until you switch up your calories or do something wild that way, or you increase your volume like crazy, well, then you might have might see some results. But it it drops off, and that's not to say don't do these things. It's to have the mindfulness of well, these only work until they stop working, and my only other choice at that point is to restrict calories and do more volume, right? Which isn't sustainable nor healthy. Or I really adopt a training routine that I want to build muscle on, I want to get stronger on, I want to see consistent results, I want to improve my posture, I want to improve my mobility, and I'm going to use those other classes um, down the road you know, as a complimentary thing because I like it or I enjoy it, or I'm just going to completely get out of there, right? So it really depends on what you want to do. But because I'm a result-driven guy, I want results from what I do, I have to be ahead of the curve. I can't afford or nor what I want to invest three months of my time into something where I'm just having fun. That doesn't get me going. That doesn't turn my crank. I want to see real results. I want to improve my body composition. I want to get stronger. I want to be better, stronger, fitter, more resilient, more capable, do bigger, better projects every single year. I can't afford to be in worse shape or let months slip by where I didn't progress. So, for me, I am a very result-driven person, and I coach, and I train that way. I put programs together that way because I want people to see results. I want them to come back and say, wow, I want to continue this fitness journey because I see results. I feel better. There's a massive return on investment, more than just the physical, but the intrinsic aspect of it as well. So we need to take behavioral psychology into this, right? We need to at least look at this from a real behavioral standpoint. And if we're not getting people results as fitness coaches or people in the fitness industry, we leave people susceptible and open to quit and come back, quit and come back. Because guess what? When they come back, they see good results because everybody with me now, they weren't doing anything. So it's new again. It's novel. But if we want people to be consistent, we want people to show up month after month, week after week, year after year, and not be the typical number in a gym that shows up three times per week, three times, sorry, per month, which is a real stat. Trust me, I worked at Good Life. Those were the numbers. The average exerciser either had a membership they didn't use, they donated to Good Life or LA Fitness, or they showed up three times 
per month. And then you had the, obviously the, the diehards that were all there all the time, but I'm saying the average person because you had so many people not even show up that it took down the median number. So talk about what's going on there. It's not that the exercise doesn't work. They have no idea what they're doing. They, they're not confident being in there. They do the same old shit. They don't get the return on the investment, but they like having the membership in case yeah, they want to go back or they got a good deal or they are motivated and they don't want to cancel. Whatever the case is, we need to get out of the habit as fitness leaders in the fitness industry of giving people a solution to a immediate problem and then neglecting them once that problem persists again and be more proactive with people and say, hey, we want you to stay in this. We want you to be a lifelong exercise. We want you to engage in physical activity year round and year after year. We want you to be fit into your 60s and 70s and 80s because we understand the importance of being strong. We understand the importance of being fit and having good anaerobic and aerobic health and fighting off sarcopenia and eating to fuel performance and strength. And that's another reason why strength training and falling a periodized plan is so important. The nutrition aspect follows what we're doing in the gym where a lot of these other modalities where we're doing the same thing all the time, they're not talking about how to structure your nutrition in terms of building because you can't build because you're doing the same thing all the time. So the only way for them to get you to see results is for you to restrict. You can't just keep doing the same thing that's not working after six or eight weeks and then add more calories because that signal is no longer all that effective and now you're adding calories. So it's kind of the wrong thing to do. What you want to do is get out of that modality, switch up stimuluses, and adjust your eating to fuel that specific phase of training, right? And again, if you want to compare someone in the first three months doing cardio and doing a whole bunch of HIIT training versus the person who's doing strength training, the results, hear me out now, will be better on the cardio and HIIT person side, right? Because they're going to burn a whole bunch of calories and they're going to eat that way and they're going to get loose weight. They're going to do all that shebang. Now, on paper, on paper, let me reference that. The other side of things, the person that's lifting weights and getting stronger, there's a learning curve, right? There's an actual practice to it. We're trying to get good at something new. So yeah, let's take two people, someone who types one finger at a time, right? And they're pretty fast at it. Then all of a sudden I tell them, hey, I want you to type the right way. I forget the terminology of it, but type the right way or use all your fingers, Okay that's going to take a long time to get good at. Even though the four fingers are clearly faster, initially, if I were to take the person who types with one or two fingers, they're going to be faster than the person that has to learn the new skill of using all four fingers. But once the skill is developed and practiced and honed, then the four finger typer is going to be way faster and get way better results than the person typing with two fingers. Same thing applies here. The strength training aspect, that side of things, there's a greater learning curve. It's going to take more time to get good squats and overhead press and improve our mobility you know, and work on creating a good strong structure and lifting heavier weights and finding out good rep ranges for you and, and how to manipulate weight based on that compared to the person who says, just go, just run, just move your body, just do something. We don't care about mechanics. We don't really care about how it looks. Just do it, burn calories, get a sweat on, do all that stuff. Now, that side of things, they're going to fizzle out. They're either going to get hurt, they're going to get injured, they're going to feel a lot of pain. Trust me, I've been there. I've seen those environments, tons of fucking pain in there. You know, if you want to be a, you know, a healer practitioner, just stand outside one of those um, environments and you're going to get a ton of clients. 
Where with strength training, you're looking at corrective issues. You're looking to fix imbalances and deficiencies and get stronger. So that person's going to stay more consistent because guess what? We're seeing progress. We're eliminating imbalances. We're eliminating things that are going to get in the way of someone stopping six months from now. Now, again, as a fitness expert, I need to have that conversation with that person because guess what? I can get you way better results in 30 days if we restricted your calories by a thousand, right? We got you down to eating 1200 calories and I got you doing beach body for a month. Yeah, you're going to burn a shit ton of fat. Maybe we put you on a keto diet as well. You know what I mean? Yes, amazing results in the immediate presence. But guess what happens? Those results never last. They're not sustainable. It's not the right exercise. It's not the right diet. So we move you to the person that's actually building strength and they're focused on getting stronger. They're focused on putting on lean muscle tissue. They're focused on improving fat to lean muscle ratio or lean muscle to fat ratio. We're focused on performance and moving better and being more dynamic, be more powerful, be able to recruit more fast switch muscle fibers, increase our metabolism. That person's going to be the person who sticks to it longer because they're going to see the markers consistently go up. Now, there's always a caveat to both sides, which I'm not going to get into, but yes, we need to eat, we need to you know, manage our sleep, manage our stress better, um, or neither side's going to work. So that's kind of all things equal. The strength side's obviously going to be more consistent, and that's kind of my goal to get people to go that direction because I understand the other side. I've seen the other side. I understand the numbers. I understand the behaviors on that side, and believe me, I've talked to them. I've heard them. I'm trying to get people to strength train, so I want people to focus on a workout plan and structure, and that's the importance of it. It is seeing results. It is enjoying what you're doing, and it's staying consistent with what you're doing. Now, you always have to manage that side of things and still make it fun. So regardless of what's better, which again, there's no debate of what's a better approach to longevity and actually improving physiological markers, we still have to understand and appreciate that we need to give the client or the person something that they like. I would never take running off the table for someone who loves to run. That would be dumb. They would resist it and they would go back to it and they'd probably binge run. I would never take cycling away or swimming away or classes away. I would just say, hey, let's dial it back and let's focus on this thing to really make sure. Now, again, if you're not result-driven and you just want to exercise and have fun, you don't need to follow a plan. You do not need to follow a plan. You can just keep going because guess what? You're one of those people that loves exercise and loves fun and you really don't care about results. You're going to work out regardless of results are there or not. But if you're like the majority and you want to see a return on your investment, you want to fit in your clothes, you want to improve how your body looks, feels, and performs, well, then we need to go down a path that's actually going to get you genuine results. And that takes time. It takes structure. It takes planning. It takes a blueprint. And it takes switching things up, phasing your workouts, playing around different blocks, and looking at your training in a much bigger manner than what's going to happen over the next two to three months. So we have to go in with that mentality, okay? So that's the importance of following a training program. Keeps you motivated. It keeps you honed in. It gives you a structure to follow. It allows you to engage in progression. It's going to speed up how your results go, obviously, We're going to see better results, more consistent results, and it's going to create longevity in this space when done properly and when we nurture all the other aspects of our fitness 
and health. And that's why I created the SFR training program, right? The BR365 SFR Strong, Fit, and Resilient Training Program. I wanted to put it out there for people, companies, corporations, individuals, clientele that can follow something that has phasing to it, that has an actual rhyme and reason to what we're doing, not just picking exercises and putting things together. I'm not throwing baloney on a wall and hope it sticks. A lot of gyms, a lot of influencers, a lot of people out there are doing that. It's not hard to find what are good exercises. We get it, guys. We know, okay, we got to squat, lunge, press, pull, row, carry, all that stuff. We get it. Most programs won't even do that. They're going to do the sexy thing. They're going to have you jump and and twist and box jump and you know throw something while you're on a BOSU ball and then do nine different movements. In one movement, we're going to have 15 seconds of rest because, hell, who wants to rest when we could just do random shit? No. Okay, so there's a rhyme and reason. There's a science to it. Again, I've read too many books. I've read too many articles. I love it. It's great stuff. But again, it's about structure. It's about built on something that's going to give you proven results when you follow it. And that's where I kind of got irritated with the space. I got irritated with what's out there. And people, they might listen to it. They might not you know, go this direction now, but I'm confident that I have the resource available. Enough people will eventually go this direction. I have something for them that's going to guarantee them results. Now, on top of that, I also have a community in there because I get the behavioral standpoint. I get a workout program is one piece of the puzzle. There's also accountability. There's also nutrition, which we have in our each phase. There's a nutritional focus, giving you something to focus on for the next 30 days. So it's a phenomenal tool on how to eat properly and eat to fuel performance. But we have that community that's going to enhance behaviors and rituals and routines that are going to nurture the growth process and not um, chase other aspects of fitness that aren't necessarily relevant or sustainable. So we have 10 the 10 golden rules of the SFR training program. If you are a member, if you do sign up, you'll see it right in the description, um, which are fun because I go into it. I talk about the 10 golden rules that we're going to focus on, and I guarantee you're going to find a lot of success when you follow those 10 golden rules. And if you ever lost on, man, I'm not sure about the program, or I don't know if I can trust the process. One of the rules is trust the process. Go back to the 10 rules, and you will certainly reframe your thinking again and get you back on path. So what I'm going to do right now for the listeners that have listened to this entire episode, you know, my diehard listeners and, and fans and followers, whatever you want to call them, we're going to go take an extra additional $50 off the BR365 SFR training program. Right now online, you can do the subscription model, $34.99 a month without the two bonus phases, or you can be smart about it and do the $299 for the whole entire year, which equates about $24 bucks, um, for the year, plus you get two additional bonus phases. So what I'm going to do right now to the listeners listening to this, you're going to DM me directly, Instagram, um, BrandonRanka365, add me if you're listening to this and you don't follow me somehow on Instagram. But again, hit me up, DM me, and we're going to take an additional $50 off. So because you've listened to this episode and you're like, damn, I'm convinced. I don't want to fall in a bullshit program that's not going to get me results. I'm a result-driven individual. I want to be healthy. I want to be, you know, create longevity in this space. I want to follow the SFR program this year. Hit me up. Tell me. Don't purchase online. Literally hit me up right after this podcast. Say, hey, listen to your podcast Hit me up with that 50 bucks, bro. Let's go. And I will do that. We will change it for you. We can figure it out where you're only going to send me the 249 for the 12 months plus the two additional bonus phases. Yes, 
It's a pretty cool deal for the whole entire year. You don't got to think about your programming again. You don't got to think about, oh my God, this is giving me the right path. You don't got to think about, am I, am I going to get great results in 2022? All you're going to focus on is, man, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get fitter. I'm going to become more resilient. I'm going to love fitness because guess what? I got someone there who's going to help coach me through this. I got a plan that I'm going to follow that's going to work. Everything's on point. I got nutritional guidance. My God, this is awesome. And trust me, I'm going to try to add more value to the community, try to bring on some guest speakers that can add a lot of value. We're doing Zoom calls biweekly that I'm going to you know, direct and answer some Q&As. You can always post there. Um, but we're trying to get other people in there as well, really credible individuals. I've had the privilege of having on this podcast, hopefully, um, that we can get out there and give us some Zoom calls uh, every so often, really kind of help hone in on the idea of building a stronger, fitter, more resilient you. So yes, guys, hit me up. If you're listening to this, get that additional $50 bonus off. So $249 for the 12-month program, plus the two additional bonus phases and the community and all the goodies that come with it. So awesome, guys. I had a fun time doing this podcast. Again, shoot this podcast off to other people that need to listen to it, that need to have a better understanding of how to program and the importance of phasing their workouts and how them just working out and exercising and doing the same shit all the time isn't working. And here's why. And here's why you need to follow a better plan from a proven professional, someone who, hey, I get results, man. You want to talk about someone who has over three strength and endurance record first projects under his belt. Um, I've hit some big numbers, you know, the, the, Proof's in the pudding. Right? I don't know. I don't want to go on about myself, but let's be real here, guys. I've been doing this for a long time with clientele, not just, you know, talking about it or reading about it. You know, I actually go out there and I practice this and as a practitioner, but also as a coach and educator. And this is how I get results for my clients, the clients that do want to focus in on what I'm talking about. So guys, have a great rest of your day. We will see you on the next episode of the Fear Being Average podcast.